October 20th, 2021. This is the Daily Rob with the one, the only, the Sultan of Swag, the guru of geopolitics, the one and only Rob Smith. Sorry, Stu, I'm on picket duty right now. Just making sure no Yankees are coming over the hedgerow. I think it's clear. Okay. We can talk. Right on. How are you? I am just great, Stu. I think I might head south for a day or two. Just got a little break in the action. I don't know where I'll go, but in today's world, you got your phone and your computer. You can do almost anything, Stu. We have American ingenuity and capitalism to thank for that. Right on. Right on, right on. So and you're going to Washington tomorrow, right? Yeah, I'm going up to D.C. What time is your meeting with the president? So I won't be meeting with the president. Would you be chanting, let's go, Brandon, outside of um, Lafayette Circle? I'm going to be, uh, I am going to be by Embassy Row. So that's the area of D.C. I'll be in. So I think that's closer to Georgetown, if I'm getting my geography correct. And I'm excited to see the statue of one of my favorite world leaders of all time. Um, he, he kicked your guy's ass. He almost ruined Winston Churchill's career. Oh, well, that could be the Gallipolis campaign in Turkey. Yeah. So who was leading that campaign? Well, it was um, German, Austria, and the Turks. It might have been a um, might have been a German general. No, it was uh, Mustafa Kemal Ghazi Ataturk. Oh, Ataturk. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that was um, you know Winston Churchill got too cute sometimes, and that was an example of it. A lot of Aussies died. Yes, pissed off about it. Uh, but uh, the small bottleneck there. What's that? So um, one of my mother's friends actually gave this to me the day I was born. And I only recently got it back. But it's actually a, uh, a coin, a golden Turkish coin with Ataturk's face on it. So it's kind of wild to me that I, I had no clue who Ataturk was as a child. I ended up loving reading about him when I was in college. And, you know, I had this coin with his depiction on it the whole time, but just a really interesting fellow. Um, and he, he did a lot right. And Turkey has kind of rolled back all the good stuff he did. So Turkey's an interesting place. It's been a, an interesting place throughout history as well. Um, you know, at the time of Christ, um, um, you know, it was Roman. Uh, it was uh, it soon became very, very Christian. Um, the book of Galatians, um, the Galatians were Celts. Do people know that? But it's um, very diverse. Uh, then Mohammed came along and screwed everything up. But anyway, cool. It was Troy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which they didn't find until what, the 1880s or so? Yeah. Um was it Arthur Schleyman, I believe is his name? Yeah. Yes. Um, um, 
I mean, it's fascinating that that story had been around for so long and they didn't know where Troy was. Yeah, that this guy gets this idea of, let me read this and then walk back, walk it back and finds all these places. And, you know, I wrote a pretty fascinating paper, not to toot my own horn, but it was kind of about the history of German archaeology, how you actually go from this massive fact-finding based group of German fellas and how it gets totally out of whack by the time you get to the Third Reich, where it's not based in any kind of science. It's based off the politics of the day and how you can get funding, you can do all this, you just got to talk. Well, talk. you see that today, Stu. It's human nature. If uh, That was the subtext. <laughs> political power says this is the result we want. The scientists will find it. And spoiler alert, once things change, the people never forgive you for towing the fucking line. Not to get heated, but goddamn. Calm down, Stu. Okay. Want to talk about today's events? Sure. <laughs> um, well, Stu, I got an email. I'm involved in some University of Virginia politics. The University of Virginia has gone completely woke and completely crazy. What it is, it's an insular institution uh, in which it's got plenty of money and the faculty and the deans. Um, you know, they're going to keep their jobs no matter what. A lot of federal money flows in there. And it's kind of just like what you were talking about in Germany. Um, the faculty and the administration uh, totes the woke line on everything and they're destroying the school. There's a group called the uh, Jefferson Council that has been founded to kind of fight back against this. And they're good guys. And now they have recently... Uh, joined up with uh, some other schools, uh, Princeton, Davidson, and WNL, and Cornell. And there's been this group called the Alumni Free Speech Alliance. And I think all that's great, Stu. But this is what I'm going to say. Um, although all the good intentions that these groups have, writing letters um, to... Um, the board and maybe printing a newspaper article or two, whatever the game plan is, it will not work because these people do not care. They're Marxists. Uh, they're filled with hate. The deans of the school are that way. President Ryan is that way. And the only way to combat this is to destroy the institution before you build it back up again. So I'm predicting, Stu, where this debate will go is that people need to get so pissed off because it's not going to work writing these people letters. They don't listen to reason. Um, but what's going to happen is there has to be an all-out attack where we alumni demand that all the deans are fired, the president is fired, we demand that uh, nobody gives any money, we lobby the General Assembly, and we tell the world, do not send your children there. Um, it's the only way you make any progress. There is a, um, the University of Virginia, its most noble institution is the honor system that's been around since 1842. 
It's what makes the University of Virginia the University of Virginia. And the way the honor system works, quite simply, if you lie, cheat, or steal, you get kicked out. You get kicked out for good because you have to be in a community of honor. That is being attacked. Of course, the woke crowd says that's a white male concept, but really they hate any, any vestiges of what it, we might consider ennobling tradition that placed the University of Virginia, the pantheon of schools for a long, long time. Now it's a cesspool of leftist Marxism and um, you do away with the honor system, it's completely gone. Watch what happens. Um, well, it's caught again. We have to live in the world of subjectivity opposed to the world of pragmatic reason that has an honor system so you can actually judge people based off the metrics they produce. So once again, bam, Stu, hold on. 35 feet away, three seconds left from the corner. Whoosh, through the hoop, we win. But that's, I mean, that's what it is. That's honestly yeah. what it is, is that. That's exactly what it is. And I'm glad we did that podcast on Immanuel Kant, Stu. That was your idea. He always I comes up. He, pardon? He always, he keeps coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's just um, the failure to acknowledge objective reality. I am of the belief of Thucydides' comment that he who graduates the harshest school succeeds and if you're essentially destroying what it means for school to be hard then then you're not even preparing people for the real world well that's true with everything the school of hard knocks is an excellent teacher but the school of little puppy dogs and safe places um is the school of um ensuring that you will not be a success and you will be a little weenie the rest of your life. It's kind of like the New York Times where you just want the skin suit of the label of the institution. So you just want to take over from the inside and then wear the skin suit and act like you have legitimacy in the world. So what you're doing is you're making it even easier to graduate from the University of Virginia by destroying the honor code, getting rid of it, throwing it out. And so then that way you can just pass out diplomas from UVA and people think it's going to have legitimacy when you've essentially hollowed out everything. Hollowed out what it means. Legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that um, is somewhat emblematic of Marxism to begin with. We want to give you everything. Well, once you give everybody everything, uh, you've created this state where nothing is produced and everybody's poor as dirt. 
Um, achievement and hard work, Stu, that's what advances society. All right. Uh, another story, Stu, um, I think it's kind of interesting, is Donald Trump weighed in on Colin Powell this morning, and he blasted him. And he said what I said politely yesterday, but he was much more pointed and uh, much more detailed. Uh, I think he said he was a rhino Republican. Uh, he didn't do a very good job in the Gulf War. Um, he supported Obama. He criticized Republicans, blah, 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 blah. And I would say, Stu, you know, I'm much more charming than Donald Trump. I have a way of saying things with more nuances. He is a bull in the China shop. But, you know, in a wide world with lots of, of, of factions, I don't mind somebody speaking their mind like that. Um, and I actually agree with him. I don't think he, um, he wouldn't have been as um, gentle and charming as I would have been saying the same thing. But, you know, I think he's right. Um, and people, he's got his corner, and that's the way he speaks about things. And you know, I'm I'm fine with him. Yeah, he was he nailed it on the head. I thought it was hilarious, <laughs> uh, even if it was morally uh, scrippable. Yeah, uh, we I all mean, he he made the comment about John McCain when he was first in in the race, and I said, "Oh my God, he's going to have to." drop out but the reason he never had to drop out after saying things because regular people appreciate honesty donald trump talks to you like you're having a beer at kelly's bar and uh, he doesn't sugarcoat things and i think people appreciate that i think it's like the rosie o'donnell comment where he's asked <laughs> during a debate you know are you negative towards women and he says only rosie o'donnell and he skates by. So you've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account only has Rosie several... O'Donnell. No, it wasn't. So it's about never apologizing and never yeah. backing down. And if we go, if we go back and look at Colin Powell's, you know, career. You know, he's sitting before the UN holding a, a thing of anthrax, knowingly lying us into the war because yeah. he was told those were my orders. Right. Those were my orders was, is, was we know for a fact, not a, not a defense. You can ask the fellas at Nuremberg about that. It was, I was just following orders, does not hold up in court. And he's, and he was vocal and he, about it later on in life, but he leaves the Bush administration in 2004, if I remember correctly. And then by 2006, he's essentially bad-mouthing it. So he's... Right. He, he shows you that his colors were different to begin with, um, where his real... He shows you that he was fake. Uh, he wasn't principled. Um, but, you know, Stu, all men in history are are nuanced and um, no one's perfect. Yeah. Jesus Christ was the only perfect person to walk the earth. So I think it's perfectly okay to talk about the 
the diversity of characters of character that people have their you know their their warts and their accomplishments and the way they think it's um it's what history is all about um you shouldn't look at things black and white in a, va- in a vacuum so, and to end on a positive note since we did shit on him a little bit his responses to the clintons when they accused him of being the source for why hillary's emails got leaked out are some of the funniest things you've ever read. Yeah. He's like the minions of Hillary Clinton, Hillary Mafia. <laughs> it's funny. I like it. <laughs> well, and it just shows you too. Um, his emails were not secure either, as, as I remember. And uh, you just wonder about these people in Washington who have held these high positions. How can they be so irresponsible as to not make sure everything they do is absolutely secure? It boggles the mind. All right, Stu, um, I just go through a little list here. Procter and Gamble came out yesterday saying their expenses are going to be up 2.3 billion, which means toothpaste, mouthwash. You're going to see inflation really start to see the effect. Right now, the businesses are are eating the cost, but they're not going to do that for long. Um, home building starts are down. What do you expect? You know, I know from being a home builder before you, 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 you gotta be able to rely on what your materials are and you can't do that right now. My boy, Travis Tritt, I'm a member of a country club. Country music is what I love. Says that he will not hold a concert if the venue says that everybody has to be vaccinated. Um, one of the best covers of Long Haired Country Boy is by Travis. Yes, if you don't like the way I'm living, why don't you leave this long haired country boy alone? Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah. favorite of mine. Um, And then there's Trouble, I like that. Tell me what in the world you're doing there, Yeah, say hey, good Anyway, Travis is all right. Good old Georgia boy. Big story is the Biden administration's taking these immigrants and shipping them around the country in the middle of the night. There's a story about that in New York. My boy, Fred Hodges, the pride of Henderson, North Carolina, called me today. And he said that he and his lovely wife, Cammie, were in, had just gotten back from Antigua in July. And they saw this same practice going on in the middle of the night. July was how many months ago, Stu? Three months ago? Just shows you how long it takes the media to run a story if it's negative towards the Biden administration. Um, Anyway, Stu, um, you know, last thing, I wrote an article yesterday on um, supply line. People should read it. It's everything you need to know about this. But, you know, the president says, oh, we're going to open up these ports 24 hours. Well, since he had that little uh, discussion 
with the port operators, they're not open 24 hours. As a matter of fact, this past weekend, they were closed. Uh, it just shows you again, just the incompetency. One is just thinking that they can just say something and this big in, in industrial complex is immediately going to have the workers and the tools and the infrastructure to do that to begin with. They're idiots. Um, and again, my article, they caused all this because they interfere with the private sector. That's what I got, Stu. Right on. So I'm going to start with a local story, and then we're going to go all the way around the world. Hot so, dog. So Terry, who is a beautiful soul, he's running. Good. Terry. Oh, Terry McAwful. He's running for governor here in Virginia. So he wants to come back. He's a beautiful soul. When he was confronted about educating the children, he was concerned about the constituent person's health and whether they had been vaccinated yet and why they didn't have a mask on. Right, Who do you think should be in control of education if not Virginia parents? Vaccinated? Yeah, that's the question I want to know. Who do you think should be in control of education if not Virginia parents? Governor, was it a mistake You're dangerous here. closed last year? I'll build education. That's why, uh, that's why Fox closed. News has me leading. Let your uncle destroy Virginia's education system. All right, let's get at it, buddy. Three days later. So he's loving, he's kind, he's gentle. And so he needs some help. And so we called in the big dogs. So Kamala made a special ad for him that's being played in churches. And so you can't be a tax exempt organization if you're running political ads. So in order to get Terry to come back and get him elected, there's essentially the law. You gotta break the law. And you gotta screw over all the, all these churches. We will see if anything actually comes of this, or if this is just another example of things being swept under the rug, and that the rules apply to you, but never to the democratic elite. Right. So. Let me tell you something quickly about Kamala and black churches. One of my Warsaw buds, Otis Jackson. He's an African-American, a great American, and a conservative. He says that many, many Black people cannot stand Kamala, especially Black men, he says. So again, there's an example of kind of the white elites thinking that they, they know things, uh, but they're just not close to the people to understand. We could, we could do hours of riffing on her, but yeah. anyway, I'm going to move on. So... I got some good footage that I'm including up in the top hand corner right now. And so this is of a group called the National Resistance Front in Afghanistan. They are located in the Panjir Valley, which is about 60 miles from Kabul. And so this is a historic location that's always kind of resisted the Taliban. 
And the interesting thing is that this is kind of a lineaged resistance group. So the young man who runs this, who's about the same age as I am, his name is Ahmad Masood, and his father is Ahmad Shah Masood, who was assassinated by Al-Qaeda in 2001 and had been a major resistance fighter against the Taliban from essentially 94 to 2001. He's called the Lion of Afghanistan. And so they're just trying to put out essentially, I guess, their own version of propaganda that they're active, they have weapons, and they're going to be fighting. Now, he, the son, has fled the country. He's in Tajikistan right now. He's trying to drum up support. The Panjshir Valley is ethnically Tajik. So that's, there's like an alliance there tentatively. And it just kind of goes to show that you do have active resistance in Afghanistan. Not everyone is psyched about the Taliban. You know, I don't think the U.S.'s job is to pick one side over the other side, but you have to let this stuff iron itself out naturally. And so because we have these inner power structures going against each other, the Taliban is now actually going to be pro-vaccinating people for polio. So they're actually have kind of changed their thoughts on this, and they're actually going to be passing out the oral polio vaccine because if we remember correctly, I discussed this about a week ago, Afghanistan and Pakistan are the two countries left on earth that haven't wiped out polio. So they're act so the Taliban is willing to play ball a little bit just because they do not have a con concrete hold over the country. But we have to let these things iron themselves out. And so it's been just it's interesting to me to follow this. I think a lot of the times we don't have the media literacy here in, in the United States to understand how dynamic and all the things that play in these regions of the earth that we don't really know about. This is just one country out of close to 200 countries that the average person has no idea what's going on. But because so I'm, of a, I'm a meaner son of a bitch than you are, but uh, I will look to the tenets of Clausewitz and say that if they're having internal struggles um, fighting the Taji in the middle of Afghanistan, that's a good thing because it is kind of what the British did to the whole world is they had everybody that they had domain up over and kind of a divide and conquer type thing. But you know, you <laughs> to the extent that they have um, internal enemies in Afghanistan, Afghanistan, it puts restraint on the Taliban, and that serves our interest, and we don't have to spend a nickel to do it. Yeah, I will acknowledge that. And then just to show you some of the chaos, so all the ethnically Tajik individuals who are in the Afghan National Army, once things kind of went to crap around August, I think, 13th, they just took all their military equipment and just took it back home to the Panjshir Valley. So they rolled up to defend their this this valley that's their home and essentially like military personnel carriers outfitted with all these weapons. It's kind of funny how sixth century people with no literacy skills can hmm, pull their military supplies and equipment back instead of giving it to the enemy 
like we did. As of right now, the resistance is looking a lot weaker than it had been in the past. But, you know, I think this guy is it's, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, his dad is this very famous known freedom fighter, well loved in the West, had resisted the Soviets. And so, you know, you kind of have everything you need there for a success story. You know, you have the, the political family, you have the feel good story. You know, he this the young man is willing to work with these militant groups, even though they killed his killed and assassinated his dad. But I I would be pissed off about that myself. He's pissed off about it, too. But I mean, he's been he is open about trying to get Afghanistan to a better place. So what words of wisdom do you have for us today? Well, Stu, um, since I spoke about the honor system at the University of Virginia, I will read two quotes from a very famous man. And I will, the first podcast reader to tell me who this person was gets a Rob is Right t-shirt and they get to pick the size they want. Let danger never turn you aside from the pursuit of honor or the service to your country. Know that death is inevitable and the fame of virtue is immortal. Here's one more. There is a true glory and a true honor, the glory of duty done, the honor of the integrity of principle. There you have it, Stu. Right on, right on. Hmm. Who do you think is going to be the first one to get this one? Of our many, let's see, how many subscribers we have now? 1,237,000, something like that? That sounds about right. All right, Stu, go get them. Rock and roll. Enjoy your vacation. Thank you.